to the Road to Blake Street Banter Draft Overview Pod. Tyler, say hi. Howdy. What up, Nick? How are you doing? Hi. Good. And I am Aaron here, and we are coming to you on day three of the draft. Uh, we are just going to cover day one and day two, but this is all Rockies Draft 2022 uh, Overview. How we feel, how we like, what we expect, all the above and beyond. And I'm going to give a huge shout out real quick to Mr. Tyler here, who just dominated the coverage yesterday uh, on the BSB accounts, going all in on each one of these guys that we're going to talk to. So if you don't want to listen to us, go see us on, on the Twitter, Blake Street Banter, and you'll see all of Tyler's insights there. I'm sure he's working on an article in the background that's going to be posted sometime soon with all this and writing. But huge shout out, Tyler. Nice work yesterday. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's nice to do it live, you know, live, get everyone informed, but also like for my own, you know, benefit, it's, it's nice to take a deeper look into these guys beyond MLB.com's scouting grades. So that was yeah. good. All, all the content out there, like you can go into that people don't aren't aware of. And I know you guys scour that stuff and Nick, like, I, I can just imagine just Nick and his like in like a dark room that's <laughs> under that's under the stairs that's just like this leak this leak this leak <laughs> but i mean I, yes i mean it's true that i did i think i went to every division one league but you know i don't sit i don't sit in a dark room <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a light no just play yeah uh but you were you were on top of a few of these picks which one are you most excited about like like i nailed that because we had that draft preview pod a week ago um, and you said had, some names. I had a couple. Uh, I had, I put out a 20 rounder just for my own personal. I had, um, oh, was it Connor? I think I had Connor Stein um, later in the draft. Um, I know I, t- I talked about Jackson Cox on one of the pods that's on run point. And then I also read, uh, written about Ritter. See. So there we go. Oh, I also, no, it wasn't just Stein. I had Cody Huff to the Rockies in the 12th okay. round. There were a lot of prep or college bats that went a lot earlier than I was hoping for. Yeah, it was kind of a different draft, right? It kind of went a way that we weren't expecting. Am I overstating that? Mm-hmm. I, well, somebody I, had put out, you know. I feel like we saw a lot less prep guys than I was expecting. Um, I mean, it was it was sort of normal, but I I was kind of expecting, you know, another five to ten prep guys to go and and, you know, push another five to 10 college guys down. Not that that's a big impact, but that's close. That's a third of a round, basically. Um, you know, a handful of really high-end prep guys like Gavin Turley, um, you know, they're going to go to college. Someone I – and and one of my – my I outlined the targets at, at pick 50. Gavin Turley was a guy I thought maybe the Rockies could target there as this really toolsy outfielder, but – Alas, they did not. <laughs> and he's going saw, to Oregon State. Something I, I saw, and I saw a tweet, it was MLB teams figuring out they can mitigate risk by letting colleges develop talent, offloading that cost, and the players pay tuition. So essentially it turns into like a babysitting, right? You're going to let the colleges do all the work, you know, mm-hmm. especially like, like the bigger schools, and then you reap the rewards. So maybe, you know, and, and I think there was, a, I saw a graph somewhere, you know, the percentage of, of players going to college is is rising i think it was 50 percent in the 90s and it's almost up towards 80 percent now wow okay. you know, used to have it where kids you know came out of high school you put they used to put them in double a and they were the majors in two years 
I think yeah. teams are realizing they don't need to put all that money into them. Just draft them in a few years in college. If you really like a kid, sure. If you don't, send them to college and see you know what happens there. Yeah, completely okay. That's a that's a good idea. And also with this new NIL stuff, like kids are able mm-hmm. to go make some money in college for a little bit, develop and have the college experience, and then mm-hmm. go be a pro after. Because if you're going to be de- like de- destined to be a pro at 17, 18 years old, the chances are very, very likely that you are still going to be a, destined to be a pro at 21, 22, three years down the road. So mm-hmm. why not go have some experience and whatnot? That is a very good take. All right, before we get into this, I do want to stir the pot and we're not going to get, I'm not going to get your guys' thoughts on this right now. We can maybe save it for a pod, but Derek Dieter is average. And I, this docuseries, I think is overblown. I don't think he deserves it. I, seven, seven episodes, no, maybe two or three, but I think he is average at most. And I put that out there on the Twitter. So if you want to holler at me, do it on there, but yeah, I'm over. I like the Jeter. first episode last night. I want I to get into it. it. I do want to get into the series. I do want to watch the show, but seven series. Seven it wasn't, episodes all, on Jeter it wasn't all Jeter. I think there was, they had Buck show Walter, you know, it wasn't, it yeah. was a good, I think it'll be a good look into the Yankees dynasty, which, I, you know, they're using Jeter as the, as the goat. Yeah. But of course the for, for the, because the views of the, you know. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. All right, overall pick. So we're going to use these fan questions to kind of highlight and recap day one and day two um, overall, overall feeling. And then we're going to give quick, brief rundowns of each player and what do we expect and what we like about them as we go ahead. Again, I am the idiot in this situation. I am just asking the questions. Nick and Tyler are the experts. And so whatever I say, just throw it out the window and put all of your stock into what Tyler and Nick say. First off, overall fun with the draft. I loved it. Day two, I have, we or day one, we hopped on the Twitter space, talked for two and a half hours. I was expecting like me and Tyler hanging out for like 40 minutes, talking about it. And then yeah. we got royalty, got King Wick, Prince Patrick coming in. Evan Lang joined us. Um, it was a fun Twitter space. So that was cool. Unfortunately, I did not record it. So if you were there, thank you for listening and hopping on. And you are the only ones that are going to hear that. Uh, but I had a blast with it. This is definitely the most fun I've had with the draft since Brendan Rogers. So it was sweet for me on that end. Uh, what about you, Nick? How much fun did you uh, have with it? I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't like that they don't show um you know the the straight the twitter feed they had for day two yesterday was was good on their twitter page but the mlb network stream was off so it's 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 tough you know watching it also their draft tracker website doesn't really whenever there's a pick it'll go back to the first page but i enjoyed it you know it it was probably the best draft that they've had in a while yeah i don't know since like arenado or story yeah Yeah, I agree. It was, I, there were some, definitely some technical parts of it that need to get weeded out. Tyler, how much fun did you have? Um, A lot of fun and just kind of was like tight roping between fun and exhaustion. (laughs) We mentioned yesterday I had, I had a blast, you know, diving into each pick, but by round eight, round nine, I was like, I'm going to need a nap like any second now. So I was glad it was over. I thought it was a great day. Uh, none of the, no head scratcher picks. I don't know if there were too many, you know, oh wow kind of picks, but very just steady. And you can't knock a steady kind of draft where you get good value, good talent, you know, no steals, I guess, no crazy 
you know, picks, but it was just a solid day. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Overall grade. So let's go back to school. I know summer break for most of us, but it let's give it a grade on an A, B, C, D, E, F. My school does E's, by, by the way. <laughs> go all the way down. They do, do, do E's. F is a bad, bad letter. In yeah. My word. What's my E? It's like E and F. It's just F. X, expel? Uh, no, just <laughs> not. A, here's, here's just your, just a different letter. Out, just the F with, just the left F with the bottom line on it for whatever no. reason. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm just going completely biased, completely personal with this, not even looking at all the looks. I am giving it a C. I wanted a prep arm. I wanted that splash pick that Tyler kind of just alluded to that we didn't do. Just like, oh, okay, there's our there's our experiment. There's where we're going to try to put all of our eggs in the basket for. And we all know I was big on Brock Porter. Uh, we didn't do him, didn't get him, but he also didn't go until 100th plus. So maybe they avoided something or definitely knew stuff that we didn't. But I was hoping for that really early young guy that we can just follow along for the next two or three years in the minors going through it. Um, but so my personal bias grade is a C. Tyler, I see you have a B on the sheet. Why? Yeah, I mean, I think I think something to note is that everyone, like kind of like teachers, everyone has their own like grading system. Like, you know, for some teachers, a C is like pretty good. And for some teachers, a C is like kind of, you know, lower end. I'm, I'm sort of like the nice teacher. Um, I think it's hard to get, you know, lower than a C. I think a C is very baseline for me. You have to like make mistakes to go C minus D plus, et cetera. Uh, a B, you know, again, nothing flashy this entire draft, but I think they got on, on my board, I notched five, I think five top 30 prospects, which for any draft, you know, that's a decent haul. And they definitely got a more quantity based draft. There, there is not that singular that's like kind of you were mentioning that guy you just have to follow yes we're going to do that with Gabriel Hughes but he's not the same kind of talent you know we were hoping for like Kevin Prada even Brock Porter as you mentioned and just an aside on Brock Porter I think what happened there is the Rangers since they went so far under slot with Kumar Rocker they basically and they didn't have another pick till the fourth round they basically turned that fourth round pick into like a late first with the Kumar Rocker selection that's something I, I think people still are kind of figuring out the slot stuff. It's, tr- it's tricky if you don't dive into the slot. Anyway, that's an aside. Mm-hmm. A B because I'm going, you know, the B. Nothing stellar, nothing bad. We'll get into these picks. There's, there's a lot to like. I don't think there's any, you know, guys who are really going to just disappoint, especially based on where they were picked. So, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit more, but going with the B. B. Nick, what about you? I will give it an A. Oh, dang. I, that uh, I'm it, I, first of all, it's an A on the fact that they took a high school kid in the second round. Yeah. They did. I think since Colton Welker in 16, or no, that'd be delayed in 17. So it's been, or no, no, no I guess technically Romo was, but in case Williams, that was that. Well, I don't count 2020. It's like a normal draft. Um, I have, I had 10 top 30 prospects so far. Okay. Oh wow. Um, I, I like to move guys around a lot. So, you know, I drop, I drop off a lot of talent kind of once you play in the big leagues, I'll drop you kind of off just because, you know, it's easier that way. Cause I only do a list once or once a year, but I had, I had 10, so I give it an A. I think it's the best draft. Um, 
in a while. I think it's the best draft they've had probably in five or six years. So I, it's an A for me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I like you said, Tyler. We all have our own grading system, and here's here's Nick putting his own top thirty together. Very interesting. We're going to dive into that a little bit. I if you look at our rundown, boys, we're going to piss move past the most upside in the dam. I like that. I just want you guys to give me the most upside in the dam. I like that as we talk about the guys coming up. So fan questions, Tyler, you take the first one. And then um, Nick, if you want to add on to it here, I like hitters with good walk rates and low K rates who don't yet have much power, but may grow into it. Who is my 2022 Rockies draftee to watch from the infamous Oak tree status off of Twitter? Yeah, Luke. Luke has like a, I want to say like a Dodgers hitter philosophy. He wants the very good hitters and you try to develop the power. Um, unfortunately, Luke, we didn't hit a, a Dodgers draft, at least so far. Who knows what's going to happen day three? Maybe we get a nice pure hitter um, with some power potential. Closest guy we have to that is Sterling Thompson. He, I think he hit 354 was the, the number um you know drew a fair amount of walks nothing too crazy he's definitely a you know an aggressive hitter trying to make contact early hasn't really hit for power yet but that's not because he lacks power we're gonna get into his breakdown a little bit more but this is a guy he's six foot four 200 pounds roughly 200 pounds uh his exit velocities are better than some of these these high-end college hitters jacob berry's infamous number one someone that me and nick definitely were, were down on sterling thompson had more game power this season than Jacob Berry. It just came down to him not elevating baseballs. So if the Rockies, they had to have picked them thinking, okay, if we can get him to elevate a little bit more. This is a 20 to 30 home run guy, somewhere in that range. Uh, I think he's going to continue to stay a solid hitter. He isn't great with secondary pitches. He's a fastball masher, does okay against some secondary stuff. Um, but I think he'll be a, like a solid, consistent hitter you know, 350, 360 on base guy, and the power is going to come. Yeah, Sterling Thompson is somebody that I, I'm kind of leaning into. I really like the pick. The more and more I hear you talk about it and read about it, like mid-round guy, he's the compensation pick. Oak, Oak Tree here, Luke's mentioned that. He's also going to be comparing Sterling Thompson to the dude that the Cubs traded for Javi Baez last year. Um, oh, the guy with Pro, three names. Yeah. Pro Armstrong. And I don't think that's a – bad comparison i mean you have to think okay what can we have got for story so this is sterling has that kind of chip on his shoulder that weight on his back uh i think trevor story type thing there i think if you're if, i think if you're going to compare like sterling thompson or whatever they could have gotten for story i think you, you give that pick an f because they they could have gotten pico armstrong is better than sterling thompson but i think if they could have gotten somebody like pico armstrong and they probably were offered something similar I think on the basis of that, you probably give that pick an F. I, I think I know. I think I, I thought about it just on the basis of that. Right. But you know, Sterling Thompson is a good player. Right. Yeah, and that's a whole yeah, that's a whole another element to that pick. Yeah. Um, but I know Luke likes to watch some guys, so there you go, Luke. Sterling Thompson there for you. Next question, anonymous, which. When I read the question, I was like, all right, I see why you went anonymous, <laughs> you, you butthead. But not excited about the Hughes, Thompson, or Cox picks. How do you take Hughes over Parada at 10 or Cox right before Peyton Graham? Nick, you're on the clock. Um, I, I like Parada. I know I've stated it, but 
you know, the Rockies have Romo. Um, Prada's hit over field, I think. And it's funny because the Mets have similar to like the Rockies. The Rockies have uh, Drew Romo, but the Mets have Francisco Alvarez. Um, I think, you know, I, and I know they talked about it uh, on MLB Network. The Mets probably are going to run Prada out there as a catcher. He's probably not going to be a full-time catcher. He'll probably be that like backup, you know, every other day with Francisco Alvarez, maybe, you know, mix him in at DH. Um, but, you know, I also, and with the uh, Cox pick, Jackson Cox, get used to saying his name. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, it's a really good prep arm. I don't think, again, it was the best prep arm they could have taken, but, you know, it, it's, it was an encouraging sign that, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're going to start trying something new, you know, and getting a guy like Cox, I like, I like him in the future at Coors Field. Yeah, and I think, again, we're not going to be able to sway any, any evaluation opinions. We're not going to make this person like Jackson Cox right here, right now. But you don't get Jackson Cox without taking Gabriel Hughes. They are, they are linked. You get one, you get the other. Uh, if you took Kevin Parada, you'd be taking another, you know, regular college guy. I, I don't have the draft tracker pulled up to see who you would. Maybe you would have gotten Peyton Graham there. Um, but I, yeah. I think Peyton Graham does not come without some, some glaring flaws, even though I, I like him. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Guardians do with, you know, because they took, similar to the Rockies, they took, you know, a bunch of prep arms, eight, nine, I think eight, nine, right? You know, the Rockies did the same, similar thing. You know, I'm interested to see how much they get paid because the Rockies might have, you know, depending on how much some of these other prep arms get paid, they might have been able to sneak in another one. Right. I, I, I kind of was expecting another high upside pick that didn't come. So we'll see day threes coming up. Maybe they try to do something savvy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I think the Peyton Graham, I'm actually think I'm okay with them not picking it because our shortstop is pretty solid when you go to bar to Amador and Julio Carreras is also making noise up in Spokane. So I'm wondering if that was like, all right, if I Peyton Graham, it's going to be in the in the back burner for a hot minute here as if I can develop a Jackson Cox here, like why not go with that route? That's and me just trying to get into the mind of Billy Schmidt, which is absolutely I, dumb of me. But I think Peyton Graham, I think MLB.com gives him a 50 hit grade. I think it's a little lower than that. Um, just a lot of K, a lot of chase, a lot of whiff. That kind of stuff isn't going to fly as much in the pros. It's good power. I don't know if he sticks at shortstop, though, either. So you're drafting a very glamorous-looking college player, but once he adds some mass, he's a stick right now. Once he adds some mass, I don't know if he's sticking it short. Um, So there's there's some things that are going to topple down in the pros. Um, Right. Either way, we, we got a decent answer in there, I think. Yeah, and the people that are making the money definitely see more beyond that than we do. Uh, next question, LT Talks Football, I think new to the Blake Street Banter world, and he joined on the Twitter space with us, so thank you for hanging out with us. Do you think the Rockies maximized the Coors Field home field advantage, Why and why not? Um, I'm going to go out here and just say this real quick. You guys can tell me I'm a complete idiot like you normally do. I think the Sterling – um, I can never, the Sterling pick is a Coors Field pick as he has the same kind of build and idea of like a DJ LeMay. He just screams DJ to me with the build, the, the 
the power is there. It's just not developed like you were alluding to earlier. And that can kind of move all around. Uh, he can play a corner. He can play second or third. It just has that kind of versatility piece. So like my answer to that is I think they do look into it a little bit. I think they might've missed it with Hughes um, with the arsenal there. Uh, but I'm sure Tyler's going to correct me with that. I just, I think they do take that into consideration when they draft these guys. And that is my super amateur analysis on that. I, I agree with Sterling and also because he's a fastball masher. And when you play at cores, you're going to see a ton of fastballs. So I think for that reason, Sterling, really solid cores pick. Probably not, you know, the reason they took him is like, oh, he's going to see a lot of fastballs. He hits right. Like that's a plus, but it's not why they took him. And I actually think Gabriel Hughes, when they took him, he's, Yes, it's a guy who would have gone later in the first, but it is a pretty solid course field arsenal. He's got a much like steeper fastball. We see a lot of these modern pitchers have flatter fastballs that play up in the zone, um, but Hughes has a, an approach angle that's a little lower. So the Rockies are going to have him throw that ball down in the zone. He's going to get a lot more ground balls with it. The, the slider is is his best pitch, and, and we know that the Rockies love their sliders. Uh, it's got some pure sweep to it, which will definitely help out. And the changeup is his third best pitch. So I think with those three in, pitches in mind, they all sort of fit what the Rockies have been trying to do. He he makes a lot more sense than I think most of the other college arms who went on day. Yeah, on day, just overall on day one, but certainly, you know, in that first round mix. Yeah. Nick, you want to add anything? Uh, no, I think Tyler covered it pretty well. Yeah. And it, with these top first few picks, I think they do have to keep in mind the Coors effect and all that comes with it. So I would be, I would be a mess. Like if they didn't take that into account. So I think what you just said about Hughes and Sterling, like that plays and Beck is just an athletic dude that I think can kind of figure yeah. it out wherever he goes. Um, all right. Last fan question. Again, thank you to all of you that have sent these in it makes this a little bit more fun. Uh, so Rockies roundup she's fantastic if you haven't checked out her instagram go check her out like she does fantastic work about all the rocky stuff and dabbles into the minor leagues there um favorite pick on day two do you think prosecchi palermo will get the opportunity to start in the minors and any players you want the rockies to draft on day three um i'll let you guys answer this because i don't have any answers to any of those questions favorite pick tyler um for me and, and I, I heard Nick say Connor Stein. We'll roll with that because I like saying Stein a little better than Stain. Um, <laughs> and it, it kind of makes sense. So Connor Stein, definitely my favorite day two pick. I really like Carson Palmquist, but I, I saw Carson Palmquist and Connor Stain as relatively equal. And you get one two rounds later than the other. I think Connor Stain, we see this with the rankings that were, were given to him, MLB.com. Uh, prospects live gave him a second round ranking, but MLB.com and ESPN gave him a, a kind of mid late third round ranking. And again, the Rockies get him early fifth. I think it's really good value. He's a projectable college arm, which there's usually not that many of in, in the draft class. I mean, there's, there's a handful, but this is a guy, he's six, five, 200. He's already touching 97. I, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. He's eventually routinely sitting, you know, 96 to 98 with a, really quality fastball and a solid slider. So there's, you know, some reliever risk. I think everyone thinks he's going to start though. And to get a pretty quality starting pitching prospect round five, there's not that many guys like that. So definitely my favorite day two pick right there. 
Okay. I have a feeling Nick's going to say the same. Uh, no, nah, I'm going to go with Brad Compass. Dang. <laughs> he is the uh, best. He is the best. Not, I like just the power. I like, you know, just kind of one of those, and it fits their model, that grit. But I don't know. I like just, he's kind of just like a, you know, kind of like a, like a, and I don't want to say Jeff Bagwell, or I, and I might be thinking of Jeff Bagwell, but his stance, he's kind of crouched, you know, he's holding the bat a little closer. Um, I think focusing now that on baseball full time, I think, you know, it's probably, he's, he's 22, so he's probably going to go to Fresno, but I just think focusing on the power, you know, the extra base hit potentials there. Like like a number of the Rockies draft picks from this year, just get more consistent contact, right? At times, yeah. And Combest is a friend of a friend of the pod, Hunter Stobel. I guess <laughs> I love what we're doing, and I'm getting these inside information. Stobel's dad sent a message saying like Combest and Stobel are like best friends. They hang out all the time, and like they're pretty stoked that they're in the same organization, and it's pretty cool. So having that just that dude that connection there is pretty solid so i like that i like that there um rocky's definitely corner of the mississippi between old miss and mississippi yeah. state yeah they do they like it down there do you so do you think the prosecchi palermo will get the opportunity to start in the minors just quick yes um, or no 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 yeah i think a no for for both i think palermo sorry to not do a quick answer i think palermo has great reliever stuff so it's a it's a really good fit there and prosecchi just doesn't really have a third pitch do you want to ask something next since Tyler's no. too long? Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then this is a good lead into day three. We'll come back next week with the day three analysis there. Who is one player you want to be drafted on day three by the Rockies? I'm going to Brooks Baldwin, please. Brooks Baldwin, okay. I'm going Chris Rotondo, Villanova center fielder, only on the board because he's 23 years old. A little bit too old to get going. Okay. All right. Heard it here first. Again, thank you for all the questions. Again, we love the questions and keep sending them. I mean, if we don't ask for them, just send them anyway. Uh, When it comes down to the minor leagues, in two weeks, we probably won't be talking much draft stuff. So rundown, we are going to go through what, 12 picks? So what are we, 10 picks in after after day two? Um, We'll spend a little bit more time on certain players for obvious reasons because they're top picks and all that. I, I listened to the DNVR podcast this morning. So Patrick, Prince Patrick and Miss Susie Hunter gave some insights on their end. They had that different insight. They had conversations with the front office guys um, and they shared some of that. So I'm sharing that here as the host um, just to do my due diligence. Also, Um, Evan Lang posted a really cool article on the draft picks with on the purple row there. So a whole bunch of content out there, but we're going to do ours because we do it better. Sorry, Lang. Um, but run through each pick, overall feeling, what to expect, and where do the MLB put them on the Rockies 30, and where would you put them on your own Rockies 30? Because I know, Tyler, you have that list of all the prospects on ranked on our system. If you haven't, go check out our link tree right now. Go find Tyler's list. And then Nick, he just mentioned that he does his once a year top 30. We'll have a lot of switching around there. So Dave, Gabe Hughes, Gabriel Hughes, um, the insight I have, he threw 138 pitches in one outing uh, up in Gonzaga, which is absolutely absurd. Um, And they predicted that he probably won't be on an affiliate this season. We'll probably go to the ACL just because of the question marks on the arm. He did pitch almost 100 innings. 
Um, they not going to push it, see what they can have there. It's kind of the feeling that the, that Patrick and Susie got from the front office guys, but we'll start with you, Nick overall feelings, what to expect and where do you put him and expect him to go on the top 30 there? Uh, I'd put him top 10. All right. Probably. He probably would take the spot of like a Ryan Rawlson or Ryan Feltner once they, but yeah, I would put him top 10. Uh, I think he probably does go to the ACL just because he threw a lot of innings. Um, I personally maybe, you know, would throw him at Fresno, but you know, he is a little bit younger. So, you know, treat his arm a little more carefully than you would maybe somebody who's 21 or 22. Right. Yeah. He is young, right? He's 20. Yeah, still 20. Yeah, 20 year old junior genius doctor 20, to be 22 in August or 21 in August. Yeah, that's that's cool. Tyler, I I think MLB will put him eighth or ninth. I put him at seventh. I put him just ahead of Chris McMahon and Joe Rock, but I think those three are like a little triangle right now. They're all about equal, but just because he's fresh, he's the first round pick, tossing him at seven. Mm-hmm. And so then what overall, how are we feeling about this? I know we, I mean, we talked about Hughes probably more than anybody so far. I'm getting the feeling that you both are down with the Hughes. You really like the signing for overall. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, yes. definitely. Okay. I, I think there's two potential plus pitches. The fastball, <laughs> you know, fits with the Rockies. Like I said earlier, fits with what the Rockies do with their fastballs, throw it down. Uh, slider is, is a definite you know, above average to plus pitch. Uh, Changeup, I think, will come along. And he's still, again, he's young. I think there's still more velocity to come. Like, he's a guy might sit 95, 97 in his starts and have the that slider, which is devastating. Um, like you mentioned, future doctor, like, he, he graduated, I think, with a degree in biology in, like, three years. This dude is probably the smartest guy in the draft, really smart guy. I think for that reason, you're going to see him, you know, take a, a measured approach on the mound. Uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing to dislike. Also, you guys will see in some clips we have of him just absolutely fiery. It's so fun. Yeah. So cool. So, so cool. There was a cool clip that uh, Travis Green up in Spokane news posted and he is fiery. I, I, I dug that about him. He's, he's definitely a competitor out there. Uh, Nick, what, what do you like about Gabe? Um, I, I, I like his pitchability. I think, you know, he has the stuff, uh, you know, will the Rockies develop him? I hope so. You know, I hope that they can, they can get some good stuff. I think he has that stuff, but you know, the Rockies need to take that step, you know, and develop, you know, start to develop good pitching because, you know, it's great that they're making these savvy picks, but if you can't keep developing these guys, you know, I think they will be able to, especially, you know, with, with how he pitches and what he does on the mound. I think he's got a pretty good success. You know, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, a five or six year MLB guy with the rocks, you know, and then maybe, you know, they take like a, you know, Freeland to him. Yeah. that'd be that, And that's a win there. And I think the Rockies are doing a pretty solid chance job of developing guys we look at feltner who jumped from double a to mlb this year we see carl doing cool things noah davis is getting figured out um nick bush in hartford don't even didn't even mention all the guys in spokane and fresno so i think the development stuff is there 
especially when they're getting to Hartford. So whatever system they're doing, I think it's there as much as everybody likes to bash on it. That's my take. Sterling Thompson. We talked about him. Luke's new favorite player in the Rocky system. Um, where, where are you guys putting him in your 30 list overall? What do you expect? We kind of gave the DJ light comparison. Um, talked a lot about the low power, but probably going to come later. Versatility defensive player. Is he in the top 30? I have him at 13. I put him – I don't – yeah, I won't spoil who's right ahead of him. I guess that kind of gives it away. Have him behind warming Bernabeu, though. Um, 13, though, is not bad for given, – given that a lot of guys in the top of the Rocky system have taken some big steps. Yeah, and you're coming in as a veteran, like, college player, so you're kind of already – above the development like of a warming or uh, a Juan Brito type player right so it kind of has that experience there um where do you expect him on the major league roster like where where is he hitting in the lineup in five years where is he playing on the field when he's there I I think he can stick at second I don't think he's gonna be good second base defender but he can play there uh, I think he has the arm and, and enough mobility to make it in a, in a course field corner as well, you know, left field, right field. And there's been some third base discussion tossed around. I think it's probably second and right field for the most part, maybe some left. Those are a little interchangeable. I think he profiles as like a number two hitter. Um, and if not there, you know, it's hard to, to be young and get up there. Probably a solid, you know, six hitter in the lineup. Okay. Yeah, I'd definitely put you out there on that. <laughs> not in that way I'm there. Nick, where are you putting him on your list and what do you expect from him? Um, I probably will put him somewhere between 20 and 30. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I think it's a good bat. Um, I think, and I don't remember the tweet, I think he, Sterling Thompson needs to, you know, hit off speed a little bit better. I think that's one of the knocks against him and I, I can't find the tweets now. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good hitter. I just have some, you know, questions, you know, about is he going to be able to hit, you know, curveballs and changeups and all that other stuff, you know, especially in the minors. Yeah. yeah. If he can answer those questions, uh, you know, tie to the top 15, you know, maybe a top 10 talent one day. Is his, is his floor pretty high? I would say, I, I'd say the floor. Yeah. I say, yeah. I'd say the risk maybe, you know, it, there is certainly there, you know, if, if he's not going to be able to hit the off speed at times, you know, He's not going to be. He's not going to be that guy. You know, he's going to bottom out pretty quickly. So the floor is there, but you know, I'd say the risk is is pretty. Is the risk is, is the reward is greater than the risk. Right. Okay. All right. Third pick for the Rockies, thirty eighth overall, Jordan Beck. I was upset on the Twitter space. I want to get this out there. I got to clear the air. I was not a fan of the pick, but it wasn't because of Beck himself. I'm still got questions on Beck and how he develops, but it was more of them not picking my guy Porter there. He was available. I really wanted Porter. That was my emotions got the best of me, just the way that Bex does. Um, <laughs> and you, you guys are pretty stoked about him. I think he has a lot of upside just from like, he's just athletic as can be huge power. Um, but you guys are the experts. I'm the idiot. Where are you guys putting him on your 30 list and what should we expect from Beck here? So I slotted him at 12, Thompson at 13, Beck at 12. 
I think that because of that upside, there's definitely a little bit more with Jordan Beck in terms of, of, you know, ranking and evaluating prospects. I think the floor between the two is not far off, especially because Beck, I think they'll start Beck as a center fielder. I would love mm-hmm. to get some insight on that. He has the speed to do it. Um, he played a couple games there this year. Didn't, you know, be, he wasn't the regular starter because Drew Gilbert, who was their starting center fielder, is like a perfect center field profile. So I think he's a center fielder, which, which really helps his value. And something I noticed doing some, some you know, stat digging on him, I'll, he, he has a pretty high chase rate, but a lot of those chase swings are in that shadow zone, like a ball within a ball of the zone. And that's where a lot of chases happen. But I think, you know, that's not wildly undisciplined hitting. That is guys are throwing him really good pitches and he's not super patient. Also something that came to mind, we talked about, we talked to Braden Ward about this. College guys are working with a game plan. They're being coached to play a certain way with how loaded that Tennessee lineup is. They might be telling guys swing a lot. Like they're going to throw you strikes, try to do damage. So we don't truly know how Jordan Beck is going to look in the pros. Uh, and again, a lot of his chase swings are, are still really good pitches. They're, they're, you know, right there within a ball in the zone and the power is huge. So I think, I think he's bordering on an average hit tool and that it's 55 or better tools across the board. So a little bit above Sterling. I think he profiles nicely as like a, a four or five hitter. Yeah. I like that. Nick. Uh, I'll put him somewhere between 15 and 20, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say on him. I wasn't a fan of the pick, so I'm not really gonna, going to comment on it. All right. We'll move right back on, move on past that. And uh, final pick of the day, day one draft here, Jackson Cox, 50th overall. In that pod I was listening to earlier with uh, DMVR, intense dude. I guess they, the scouts were trying to get him to lighten up a little bit crack a little jokes and dude, man was not having it. I can just imagine a 17, 18 year old man showing off his skills, his talents, just like I'm, I'm a dog. I'm get out of here. And I can see that. I already love that. So he's my new favorite pick of this draft, just because he is that high school arm. He is that kind of risk that they took, even though I think he was a steal. I think he was, no, he was early. I think he was 58th or something overall. And so oh yeah now you're right so whatever and so he's my guy he's the guy i'm watching i don't know anything about him i'm just gonna listen to you guys real quick where you put him on your 30 what do you expect out of him um and how much work do the rockies have in front of them when it comes to this pick here i'll go fast so nick can elaborate a little more i think he he's a, a fan of jackson cox i have met 20 I think what you have to really like about him, his, his curveball has been measured at over 3,000 RPMs already. There are nine pitchers in baseball this season with an average curveball spin rate over 3,000 RPMs. So you're looking at just prodigious ability to spin the baseball. There's a ton of upside with that. Nick, elaborate. Uh, I'm, I'm first, I'm, I'm going to put him top 15. You know, I may, he may end up going 15, 20. I, there, it, it's, it's hard sometimes ranking, but I think he's probably going to go top 15. I may squeeze him in top 10. I doubt that happens, but, you know, like kind of like Tyler was saying, uh, it's, I saw, you know, 3000 plus RPM curveball, you know, fastball is low, low to mid nineties. I think, you know, you're getting a guy that 
you know, if he doesn't end up starting, which I think he's going to be given somewhat of Case Williams, you know, every opportunity to, I think, you know, you might have your next franchise closer, maybe. I think, though, you know, he's going to be a great starting pitcher. I think building that mold, you know, like Case Williams down in, in Fresno, you know, you have Hughes. I think you've got three guys, three or four guys, you know, that are going to be, you know, are going to help anchor a great rotation here in a few years for the Rockies. So here's a fun question. So I got two things real quick. Don't put that evil on Duga Darnell's name. He is the future closer of the Colorado Rockies. So watch yourself. <laughs> Just kidding. And then who makes it to the big leagues first? Juarez or Cox? Uh, Victor Juarez. Yeah, I think Juarez has a little bit of an edge. He's already doing pretty well. And and I know he's been been struggling yeah. lately, but you know I have him. I have him, and I, and I will. I'm selfishly brag here. I was, I've been, I was been high on him for years. I have him ninth best in the system. He might move top five. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the year, but I really like Victor Juarez, and I, I could go on for an hour about him. <laughs> but I think he's one of those guys that you know everybody should know the name. Yeah, it's hard not to like Victor there. All right, I, I just had to put that comparison there because they are around around the same age and I'm gonna come some same time timetable there um all right now we're into day two again i i've looked at it but i haven't dove deep into it tyler did a fantastic job on the bsb um again every player has his own little tweet about him breakdown of it i'm sure that article's coming soon i know he's always working on something there um but if you if you can't wait go to the twitter and just type in blake street banter and then type in carson palmquist's name and you're gonna see something cool pop up um Kid out in Miami, left-hander, friends with Chris McMahon, also a friend of the pod. They're pretty stoked about each other being in the same organization, the same way that um, Combest and Stovall are. What should we expect out of Carson here? I, I think I, I'll go quick. Uh, I'll go quick, quick here. Um, I think reliever. Um, I think, you know, like Lucas Gilbreth, I think he's the first lefty relieving, relief prospect I guess you could maybe count Sam Weatherly in that, but you know he's going to rise quickly. I maybe would send him to Double A straight off the bat. Oh. I know that, that's a little, you know, uh, out there, but maybe maybe Spokane. But I think he's going to be a guy, you know, similar to Sam Weatherly, who I know is hurt. You know, I was I was like Sam Weatherly's probably going to be in the majors next year. I think Palmquist is one of those guys, like a uh, Chase Silseth with the Angels, who made it right year after he was drafted. I think Palmquist is going to go, especially with the Rockies having such a dire and just hole of just left-handed, not only starting pitching, but relief pitching. I I think he gets a, a good shot to start, but there is, it is a pretty solid relief profile. He's basically two pitch. To, he has three pitches, but he uses two of them to each side. Um, fastball slider to lefties, fastball changeup to righties. Those the secondary pitches like nobody could hit them. Um, you know the the changeup just fades in on on or fades away on on righties. He's just throwing away to guys, and and you know if they make contact, they're kind of hitting it weakly. So I think because of that, there's a chance to start again. He's got three pitches he can work with. Two of them to each side are dynamic. Um, all it's going to take for him is to get that fastball velo up. He was mostly 88 to 90 this year. Um, but when he was 91, 92, he was really, really tough to catch up to. So 
Well, that's that. Yeah, that's kind of the why you know moving to a reliever that Velo may take up a little bit more. You know, yeah, I would. I think I would yeah. much rather have a guy you know who's 94, 95. You know, especially with his angle from the left side out of the bullpen, rather than somebody you know out of the uh, out of the rotation. I think right. he's maybe you know, and I don't want to comp like town or anything. Maybe like a tie block. You know, that guy you know who can give you two or three innings, right? You know, maybe start an emergency game, but who can also you know, and obviously he's. he's got a lot more better potential right now than Ty Block, but, you know, he can give you, you know, that mop-up role, that, you know, long relief or he can go out there, you know, and, and be lights out in the ninth inning. All right. So d- different elements there. And if he does start in Harper, like the crazy Nick here said, Mr. Denorfia, Coach Denorfia out there loves to run pitchers out there for two, three innings. So relief pitcher. So if he does get that opportunity, that's something you work on. And fun fact on the Twitter here, um, looking at it, Tyler says that he never threw a changeup to a left-hander. You don't get that kind of detail anywhere else. So go ahead and go check that out. Yes, I'm going to keep plugging it. Keep bearing with us. Deal with it. It's my pod, not yours. Next player, <laughs> round four, Ryan Ritter, Kentucky shortstop. Um, what do we expect out of Mr. Ritter? Gold glove? Question mark? Is that true? It's, it's possible. And the kicker with him, you know, defense is going to play good defender, you know, decent speed. Um, I don't think he's ever going to really hit much. You know, maybe he's hitting 230 with like a 300 on base percentage, but he's 6'2". There's some power potential there. If he can hit 15 home runs a season, you're looking at a really good player. So it's it's a bit risky that he he gets to 15, 20 homers a year with the the bit of a raw hit tool, but great defender at shortstop, and that's what you're getting. Okay. Bloomquist vibes? Willie Bloomquist? Yeah. No. Bloom, Bloom, Blomgren. Blomgren. Sorry. Blomgren. Blomgren. Yeah. Blomgren. I think change, swap the hit with the power. Like Blomgren hit speed, okay. like speed defense. Ritter is, is power, speed defense. All right. Want to add anything about Mr. Ritter there, Nick? Um, I, in and in similar to my, you know, bold Carson Blomquist takes, I think. Ritter uh, is, and and it's kind of a dream, you know. If if he can hit, I think he's the I think he pushes Tovar off of short, um, just because of how good of a fielder I and it and it's and it's a good comp. I uh, right now I would comp um, Ritter to somebody like Andrew Velasquez with the Angels, who has been a really good fielder for them at short. You know, can move all around the diamonds, switch hitter. You know, he's going to be a guy that you can kind of plug anywhere in the infield, you know, and he's going to make those those dazzling plays. I think if he hits, I think he's ultimately, you know, if he can hit, I don't know, like a sub 720, 730 OPS, you know, 245, 250 average, you know, 10, 15 home runs. I think he's you know, a shortstop in the Rock, maybe not with the Rockies, but I think he's going to be a shortstop somewhere for somebody for a yeah, you're a not, pretty long time. Yeah, you're not gonna be mad about that kind of production from a with a glove first bat there. Yeah. All right, this is your boy Tyler Connor Stein, right hand pitcher out of UCF. Um, expert Joe Doyle loves this pick. Um, real deal, up to 97 with hop and bat missing metrics. I'm probably still in your vibe here, but two breaking balls melt together. Fantastic athlete and frame. Probably my favorite late round college arm available. Uh, that was Joe Doyle, MILB, uh, just praising the Colorado Rockies. He loved the Colorado Rockies draft, by the way. 
What you combating him? Or are you agreeing with him here, Tyler? I definitely agreeing. I think we said a lot at the top of the pod. You know, Doyle said similar things. It's it's a really intriguing profile with upside, and that's you don't find a lot of guys with floor and upside at in the fifth round uh, out of college. Command was a little you know off and on this year, but he reigns that in. It's a potential like three four starter profile. Which is you know pretty unique. You played a video there, Nick. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I wonder what's going on. It's like, where's my stuff going? Um, I, was like, I thought sorry. that was coming from you. <laughs> no. So I think I had my earbud on the thing, and it was yeah. Sorry. Yeah, disconnected there. You're good. Uh, yeah. So, anything you want to put on there? Thirty-four percent whiff rate on a slider. Dang. I like Stein. I think, and, and it's good. And I'm going to sound, you know, like somebody from the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. But I like, you know, I like the guys that kind of, put, you know, throw their hands over their head. You know, like a Max Scherzer, like a Ryan Castellani who was in the Rocky system. I just, there's something about that. You know, your hands go over your head. You know, I just, I, I'm enamored by it. You know, you, you could be the worst pitcher in baseball. It's just, I love that. It's just, it's so, it's so clean. It's so, you know, aesthetically pleasing. And, and you know, you combined it. I don't want to say, you know, he's like, and I'm making more comps. I don't want to say he's like a Ryan Castellani because they, they pitch similarly. I think, you know, he's, he's a better Ryan Castellani who can, you know, consistently throw, hopefully throw strikes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the aesthetically ap- appealing there. Justin Verlander does that a little bit too. Just like yeah, it's, it's very just so, calm. It's just so nice to watch. Yeah. Like a quick stretch before he blows it by you at 90. <laughs> it's what everybody 95. used to do in, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. You know, and they he, do like 89. Yeah, I see he doesn't have a lot of wear on his arm either. 43 innings pitched at UCF, uh, 187 ERA. So I think he dominated Old Miss when they played them. Probably. Old Miss is trash. They went down. <laughs> um, round six, Michael Prosecki, Louisville left-handed pitcher. Um, it's a fun name. It might be my favorite name to say on this. Uh, closer, Louisville closer. What are we what are we expecting out of this dude? I, I think with these guys, we, we'll try to keep it brief. It's a really, really good curveball. Uh, and he's been up to 97 with his fastball. You know, like we said at the top, it's a it's a really profile, but if he can bring his command in a little bit, you know, you're looking at a back end of the bullpen kind of arm. Okay. I'm just gonna say on severe under slot, you know. 50 or 60, yeah. maybe not 50 or 60, I don't know what it's like, but he's just going to sign for, you know, 50, maybe 60, maybe $100,000. Rocky's just drafted, you know, get that money down to sign Cox, I think. So this is where the money was going that Tyler kept trying to find on, on Monday there. Yeah, quality mid-90s fastball, quality curve through a changeup and a slider. So nothing to rant and rave about, but something to watch out for a late, late inning arm there. Uh this is your boy, Nick. Uh, round seven, Cody Huff, the catcher out of Stanford. I believe you mentioned that he was one of your guys. Uh, so, Nick, start us off. What do you like about Huff? I like the the power. Um, you know, I think he's sort of what, you know, I know that when they grabbed Hunter Goodman last year, you know, they took Fulford, uh, I believe, a few picks. I think it was either before or after him. Um, you know, I was kind of – you know, Fulford didn't really make sense last year just because they took Goodman, obviously. You know, it makes a little bit more sense now because they moved Goodman to first base. But, 
you know, I think you're getting a guy, uh, first of all, and it's, and it's a cool story with Puff. He played in the Alaska baseball league in, in 2018. Oh, so cool. Aaron judge played out there. I know he did the home run derby. Um, Jeff Francis, but he was yeah. out there too. Uh, I like, Puff. I think, you know, I think you maybe move Romo up to Hartford. I know he's kind of been struggling a little bit, but that would allow you then to move, um, Fulford to Spokane, and that would give Cody Huff the everyday yeah. chance. Either that, or you could move. I know the Rockies ACL team is there's probably going to be a good number of guys released. You could he could probably be the everyday catcher in the ACL. Yeah, right. And that's a whole nother. We're going to talk about more about that next pod. About we have these draft guys. We have twenty two more guys to add to the pool of players. And what does this mean for? Oh, you're you're going to see they're they're going to be. I would I would I would estimate probably, and I don't want to maybe a third of the the acl team yeah that's like, what it's it's what the, it's what the league is it's just a bunch of guys you know you got to fill the teams out before the yeah. draft exactly so it's something to watch out for uh do you like cody do you like mr huff here tyler i i do i mean i think it's more the bat he's he'll he'll stick behind the plate for a while i don't think he'll ever be you know an above average defender or anything like that but it's it's solid power for a catcher and he makes a fair amount of contact so it's a bad first catcher who can, who's better defensively than Hunter Goodman. Um, you know, I, I like it enough. You need these kinds of, of catchers with tools to offer. And, and he can, he played a little shortstop actually, I nice. think at Stanford, if not though, in a summer league, when he was an underclassman, he played some shortstop. So not a bad athlete either. Yeah. And I don't think you can ever go wrong with drafting a bunch of catchers with the, yeah, with no. where the major league talent is like there's, you can develop somewhere somehow. Uh, round yep. eight, Davis Palermo, right-hand pitcher out of UNC. Tyler, your name is next to his name on our rundown. So why? Yeah, he he turned into one of my favorite picks of the day. It's you're not you're not buying some crazy upside here. It's kind of like you know Prosecchi. It's another sort of underslot senior sign, but he's got a really good fastball. It's it's maybe a sixty grade fastball. Sits 95, 98, touch 99 a bit. Uh, you know, that thing can carry up in the zone. It got a lot of swing and misses. I think it was a 24, 25% whiff rate, which for a fastball is 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 good. It's not, you know, anything insane, but it is very good for a fastball. Um, slider gets the job done. It's another, you know, one of these relief profiles, kind of like Prosecchi. If all things go well, this is a good back end of the bullpen arm. Uh, I think you could probably start him right away, maybe Spokane. I think he's good enough to do that. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah. And everything you've just mentioned there is on that Twitter thread about Mr. Mr. Palermo there. So go check that out. I like that. Um, it's crazy that you guys are saying like, yeah, Palermo, the right round eight pick could probably go to Spokane, but some of these other arms that we've talked about being drafted in the fifth and sixth rounds probably can't make that jump. And it's just interesting with the age, like he's a 22 year old compared to the 20 year old or, these ages and these wear and tear things it's just the mlb draft is just a whole different beast and every time we talk about it i just keep getting some kind of new nuance about it uh yeah it's just wild anyway nick you want to add anything about i don't have a lot on i don't have a lot on uh i'll just i'll go with what tyler said you know his stats are good um you know i think he was if i he was good in the acc tournament if i remember correctly i'm not 100 sure on that but uh, it's another relief arm, you know, that the organization needs. Yeah. And it's definitely a relief arm. It looks like he's 
he had 37 appearances last season, which was the fourth most among NCAA Division One pitchers. Uh, so that's that's something. He's out there, 58.1 innings as a reliever. So I think he knows what that role is, and that could benefit him later instead of these starters going to reliever and trying to figure it all out there. Um, Brad Cumbest, outfielder out of Mississippi State, or should we say tight end out of Mississippi State? Uh, just a quiet, crazy, crazy toolsy dude here. Nick, why don't you start us off here? What do you got um, about Brad? I, will, I first off will state that in no way do I support Mississippi State, but you know, it's a rare <laughs> thing. It's a rare thing for me to, first of all, like the player that they have. I really like Landon Sims. Um, you know, I was hoping that he could maybe slide to the Rockies, but um, you know, unfortunately he, he didn't. But, you know, uh, I think it's a guy that went now focusing full time on baseball. Um, I think he's Combest is going to have uh, really good, really good tools, really good. You know, he's going to, I'd like to see, and I, I think I mentioned it, I'd like to see better contact, you know, a few more walks, but I think he's going to be, he's got that football, you know, I'm gonna hit, trying to hit a home run, you know, just a real gritty, real gritty player. Yeah, is I'm reading that he's has the potential of playing a center field. It might have been on that pod I was listening to earlier. I don't know. Is that true? Is he that athletic and able to do that? I just think of a tight end trying to roll Coors Center is a wild, wild look. But is that right? I, uh, I saw I would, he, yeah. he made a positional change actually to wide receiver. So he was sort of in that, okay. hybrid, you know, probably a little too ath- or more athletic than your typical tight end. Maybe not quite strong enough to play tight end. You kind of need to be like 260 these days to play tight end. I think he's, he was like 240 or something. So he was running at wide receiver. I think he could possibly play center. I think he profiles more on a corner though. Right. But, you know, maybe he gets a shot at center. That's just it's so cool. It's just the athletic ability of some of these guys. It's just nuts. And if any of Mr. Brad Cumbest's friends are listening, let him know that we reach out to his DMs and if we want to try to get him on the pod here, he's a fun riot time. So Holler at Mr. Cumbest for us. And last pick of day two, Zach Agnos, the ECU right-hand pitcher slash shortstop. Do we have an Otani on our hands here? What do we expect from Mr. Zach? Tyler, what what do you got for me? Let's let's just say at first, the you know, the Rockies announced him as a right-handed pitcher, which kind of sucks. Uh. He was really – he had an 884 OPS, and he's a quality shortstop defender. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't give him a chance to at he's least not gonna, play not a few. Way. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to do it, but I, he totally <laughs> they, yeah. a chance. Um, they had the uh, – with Aaron Schunk, they had – he won the uh, closer of the year uh, at Georgia his sophomore year, and they, they – uh, the other award, uh, best two-way player in college baseball, and they mm. – Schunk – never pitch so i don't think i think honestly i think agnos might go back to college i think oh you know i think you know he could maybe be a top five round guy next year i know he'll be 22 but i don't know i think he has some leverage i think i want to i'd want to see him i think kind of going back to the question earlier you know the guy who hits you know contact you know walks i think agnos is a shortstop of that 83 walks in college to 131 strikeouts you know he can put the ball, he can take his walks. I think you have to run him out as a shortstop, which I don't think they'll do, which is kind of a bummer. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Well, yeah. There's a lot to take there. Go ahead, Todd. He, he might, yeah, 
there's some guys who really want to be two-way players do both and if a team doesn't let them you know that that is legitimate leverage to say i'll go back to ecu and this he, he had a huge jump as a pitcher this year all this is what's crazy he had four pitches the highest ops against any of the pitches was 498 like That's crazy nothing he nothing he throws is hittable it's not you know high velocity stuff his fastball is like 89 to 93 but it's just not hittable and i saw some clips of the changeup looks like a curveball like a screwball type of like heavy fade to the arm side I mean, he's a good. He's going to be a really good pitcher, and I think that's why he probably will sign. But he might be like, let me play some shortstop too. Yeah, I can. He, I can also come back with you know, East Carolina was really good. They, yes. I know they're going to return a, a number of guys. You know, go back to school. I know he was beloved by by the fans. You know, go back to school, see what you can do with ECU. You know, I you know I, I don't know. I think in some cases, especially with I know how much he cares about the program. You know, it might be a, you know, go, let's go back, win a ring, you know, forget the money, you know, let's do this. Let's, let's, we got the gang, let's do this, right? I'd that, love to see him sign. That's, yeah. And that, that's a perfect place to end this pod here. All these guys we talked about have not officially signed. We have no <laughs> idea what their deal is. We have no idea how much money they're getting, the under, under slot, over slot, at slot, question mark. So, like, none of these guys have signed the bottom line, uh, which is, kind of weird to think about you just assume hey they're drafted they're going but agnos other players have these options to go play ball again um jackson cox maybe he wants to go to oregon i think oregon is where he wants to go or he is committed like that's another thing so it's it's crazy to think about there um yeah just quick thing i just typed in zach agnos on twitter he may be the easiest player in the history of sports to cheer for with everything he went through the last offseason, still new, doing what he did is incredible. If he comes back great, if he has played his last game at ECO, then Agnos's brother statue should go up now. And there's a picture of him with two little kids just being a dude. Oh. So good quality Mr. human. He was Mr. Pirate of the gold speech. Oh. So I assume. Yeah. So, He's like you, a, yeah. Who's, who's your boy out of Ole Miss that you like? Is it? Could he be that for you? Yeah. Is he yeah, I, he's Elko, Elko-esque there? I like so, I like drafting guys with good character. I think that's yeah. something important, you know. Yeah. And the Rockies even if, yeah. Rockies do like that too. They have a track. Even if they're not gonna do be good players, you know, you have those guys that you can lean on. Yeah. All right. That is the draft analysis. We're gonna end it here. I know this is just on the spot. I was not able to watch the futures game. Yes, you heard me rant about the peacock only thing. I know I think Nick watched it Sunday morning. Uh Tyler, you were able to watch it, and you posted some stuff on BSB. Uh, did Zach Veen just say, yo, I am here, bitches. Look at me go with his performance. Yeah, I mean, he did what yeah, he's been he doing all season, yeah. Yeah, it finally <laughs> he, he did, did it on really a good. big stage. And that strikeout, I heard the strikeout was controversial. I, oh, I actually yeah, did see his third plate appearance. I saw the first two. I, I assumed he was done for the day. Right. And I, I had to do something, but – he did steal two bases. The th- the third base steal, he probably would have been out if the throw was good, but like so he stole two bases. So yeah. who cares? <laughs> and those cleats, his swag is on point right now. He was dressed out in all black last night and taking pictures with Dinger yeah. at the home run derby, just enjoying everything that he should be enjoying as at the All-Star game. Here's an uh, official call for him to go to Hartford. Don't send them back to Spokane. Send right. them to Hartford. 
<laughs> yeah, just please start just moving these guys up. Vian and Romo should be in Hartford, the few other names, but I think he's Vian is letting the whole world know. I thought his performance was really, really cool. Uh anything else for the good of the Cosboys? Go day three. Go day three. Uh go rocks. New draft picks. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.